Hi, get ready. Welcome to the Green Wave podcast presented by the East Grand Forks Green Wave Sports Boosters. Be sure to become a member today. Check them out as they make everything happen for the East Grand Forks High School and all of our activities. Without them, things become a lot more difficult. So become a member now, and uh, that's what makes things like this program uh, available to each and every one of the uh, sports programs as well. Josh Perkowitz is on the show today. He is the boys basketball coach, and we're going to check in on his club and see how things are going with him right now. They're off to a 3-3 three and three start at the uh, opening bell here for this campaign, and you know, Josh, it looks like you were able to uh, maybe uh, avoid some of the weather-related issues, at least from a scheduling perspective. Uh, but when I look ahead, you've got a ton of games coming up. Yeah, we have a lot of games coming up in the next January and February. Um, we haven't even got halfway through our season yet. So we got a lot of games. We're really excited about uh, the growth of our guys to this point, And we want to be able to be playing our best basketball in February, first part of March. So when you look at that schedule coming up and, and in perspective to how things have gone this year, you know, you, you, you take a common opponent from last season into this season, Sacred Heart, about the same time of the year. You turn that result around into a win. You know, I mean, I know teams, no two teams look the same, but is it fair to say that there's been some growth in this team from that perspective, just looking at that result in its own right? It's, re- it's really hard to see it after one game, and, and right. especially with what we have this year. We have a lot of um, guys that have played varsity basketball and have some minutes, but not a lot of these guys have played together. Um, losing uh, 10 seniors last year uh, was really a core of our, our team. And so it's going to take us some time to get used to playing together and, and where we really um, are going to excel. And I think the guys are really buying into that right now. And, and for the coaches too, to learn, you know, what players are, are meshing well together on the court and, and those types of things. It's really it's it's a learning process for all of us right now. And like I said, we want to be able to be playing our best basketball and we like our progress where we're at right now. And hopefully we can just keep getting better as the year goes on. You know, when you've had so much time between games, you had Tuesday, December 20th, that was the Roso game. And then you had to wait till after all of the holidays and to get one in with Pelican Rapids back on the 3rd of, of January. But then you move forward. You've got Fertile Beltrami tonight and then, you know, Crookston and then boom, it's on next week with a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday uh, approach. How do you take, okay, these are some things that were really great within a game, you know, how we're starting to play now. And then, you know, getting this sorted out in practice probably is going to take some thought process by your staff. Have you guys kind of mapped that out at this stage? Uh, I, we know that we have probably our second groups and our JV and our guys strength is in our numbers. And so when we were able to have practice and have long stretches where we had two weeks of just practicing, our practices don't never necessarily become monotonous because our guys go so hard all the time and our bottom, our, top five can go against our next five. And those guys are not your average JV players. You know, those guys could be playing at, at a different school and probably be on a starting roster somewhere. But because we have the strength in the numbers, we're able to compete every day and have really, really good practices that we can get our guys ready and feel comfortable going into like tonight's game against Fertile, who's a really good squad. Isn't it nice to have numbers where you can say, okay, I do have these games and I can 
put guys in positions maybe I wouldn't ordinarily if there was space because, you know, you like this rotation, what you got going on. Now instead you can say, you know, I've got to use all of you guys. And really in the end, that's how you get better, isn't it? Yeah, well, and, and the one thing that people don't realize is when you have these numbers, um, the boys take care of the rotation kind of on their own because they know that they can't make a mistake in school. They can't make a mistake, you know, as far as um, getting themselves into trouble because someone's right behind them ready to take those minutes away from them or ready to take that spot away from them. And it's not an malicious thing at all. It's You have to battle every day and practice just to get – a couple minutes of playing time here or there and you have to earn everything that you need to on this team it's you know if you had lesser numbers then you the coaches are kind of like well we have to play you because we don't have anyone else but in in this reality that we live in or that we're that we're coaching in right now it's a great thing because we don't have to push the guys as hard as because they know they have to push each other and we get better because of it and everyone does well internal competition is i think one of the most underappreciated things in sport and you know, part of that is you work a you know an entire year to to continue to grow the depth of the program from the little guys all the way up to what you have now with with the high school team, and you know it's really nice to be able to have that to fall back on. And you know, so many times you hear teams say, "Well, we just depth or numbers or, or those types of things." So when we get into this group specifically, what do they do uh, best for you that you think, you know, what stands out, Josh, that you really like about this group as a whole? I think that the way that we're able to run offense, a really efficient offense and, and take care of the basketball. We know that we're undersized and just about every matchup that we go to height, height is an issue and size is an issue for us, but we know if we can take care of the basketball, we can get some extra possessions. We can run really good offense and, and get quality looks and, and give ourselves an opportunity uh, at the end of the day to, to win some games. And then when you take that to the next steps, then it starts looking at, okay, is this a playoff style basketball team? And tell me this, I've always wondered, you know, so you look at like what the Timberwolves are doing, you know, where they, they just went completely against the grain and went big, 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 right? And everybody else is going small shooters uh, league wide. What, in your opinion, is uh, – I know it's probably to what you've got. You know, you got to work with what you have. But what is a, a, a perfect playoff formula as far as a lineup is concerned for you? Um, I think that we just need to make sure that we're doing the things that we need to do to be successful as a team. Um, because of our size, we have to take advantage of – what we can do on the court. You know, we are going to lose the rebounding battle and we know that because of our size. So how can we counter that? We have to be able to counter that in different ways. And one of the ways that we can counter that is by playing our depth. A lot of teams in the area play seven guys, six guys. We like to play 10 guys so that we are always having fresh bodies. And the other way you can do that is you can, speed the game up and if you can speed the game up and you can get it into the 80 90 possessions a game there's more points to be had there's more opportunities to have there's more shots out there more guys can play and it can wear the other team down so if we're able to do that and play at a style that we can control the pace of the game which for the most part um this year we've been able to control the pace of the game as soon as we stop doing that if, and the other team controls the pace of the game they're going to win the rebounding battle and then we're going to be be in some trouble so when you're doing a, a, a paced game like that 
you know, does it become, it's really not as much of a shooting game then, is it? Because, you know, obviously your percentages are going to say it's going to become a rebounding game. So you're trying to score off transition then, correct? Yeah, we're trying to get points in the transition. That, that's that's the biggest thing. A lot, a lot of teams, they, they're built on running good, solid offense and, and playing good defense. But there's that transition game that a lot of um, coaches in the area don't really work on as well or don't work on as often as, as we do. I mean, it's a regimen in our practices that we work on transition for 25 to 30 minutes every single day because we want to – it's kind of like a special teams, if you would think, in right. football. There's that time in between, and if we can get 15, 20, 25 points off of that a game, that's only going to help us if we're really good at, in those situations and we can score in those areas. That's going to just give us an edge when it comes down to, like I said, lack of rebounding possibly because of our size. How do you handle the teams then that want to slow it down You know, while you're trying to push pace and then they're saying, well, you know, we're going to go half court and we're just going to, we're going to try and slow this thing down. How do you counter that? That that's can be difficult at times, but the the only thing we can do is we tell our guys when you go in, you have to make sure that you have to get up in their face. You have to make sure that they're running. And then we have to be able to push the pace. And it's really hard sometimes to push the pace. If you are not playing quality defense, um, if they're, if they're scoring easy buckets and they're, and they're getting transitions as well, that can make it difficult at times, but being able to play solid defense, the shot clock, at this stage kind of helps us in, in our style right. with that, that coming into play this year. So if we're able to force them into a bad shot, then we have an opportunity for transition. And those are the ones that we want to really get out and score. But if they're, if we're not playing defense, they're getting easy looks and they're scoring, then it's really difficult to get into transition. You know, in terms of the shot clock and you just mentioned it, it plays right into how you guys want to play and what you want to get done. I know that it was something I think a lot of people were saying, boy, we really need to do this. But some of the arguments against it were costs to get these installed into every gym. And it, I'm grateful to see as a fan that that's happened. So from you, uh, the coaching perspective, it's great, obviously, as we've just said. But from as a fan of the game, how much do you think it's helping pace of play here with this now? Um, I think it's it's not necessarily the pace of play for us because um, we've we've right. started playing this way as well and we've been doing it for years but I think it really comes down to the injuries that can happen and you know towards the end of the game if you're hard following and stuff like that well if you have a shot clock and it's a close game you might be able to just play solid defense and not have to worry about following and not have to worry about going to the free throw line if you know the other team has to shoot the ball or they'll turn the ball over so I think that that dynamic really helps us end of game situations, especially in close games. Yeah, wasn't it Hopkins and uh, Apple Valley a few years ago? I can't remember which which the two teams were, where it became almost like three minute possessions. Where one of, one of the teams, I think it was it wasn't Hopkins, the other team was holding it. It just became like, oh, this is brutal. Is that? Yeah, it was actually in the state state tournament. It yeah. was it was uh, Hopkins and Lakeville South, and they went to overtime, and Hopkins got the tip in overtime. They held the ball for four minutes, and they took one shot in the entire overtime. So, and they did that for almost three overtimes in a row, and, and it got pr- pretty slow-paced and uh, pretty boring to watch, actually. The guy just dribbling the ball for four minutes and then taking one shot. Yeah, so. right. Hence my brutal comment. You know, it's one of those things, though. It's, but it's, it was within the rules. I mean, you could do it, right? right? But, but from a, you know, 
an optical perspective, it was probably not, or the beauty perspective, it wasn't great. But I think it's just good for the game then, you know, overall. And I'm glad to see as a league that they were able to get that implemented and, and able to, to, to work. Now, when I look at your schedule coming up, five of those seven games you're playing in the next week and a half are all at home. Does that really help, or do you like to play on the road? Do you like to have a routine of home? Is it easier? How do you approach that as a staff? Um, I think that we, we understand that in our gym, our fans and our community show up, and they show up really big. And, and our, our gym is, is usually packed. It's loud. The boys can feed off that energy. Um, and so we have to be able to take advantage of those moments and those opportunities when we are at home because we know that going on the road can be difficult. Um, just planning and, and making sure that, you know, you're in a different atmosphere and in someone else's gym, those things like that. So we really have to take advantage of, of when we are at home, like tonight. Do you feel as though uh, there can be an extra push that gives you an extra step if you're fatiguing and you're playing the game that you need your kids to play that helps? Whereas on the road, it's easy to get, like, just dragged down. You're tired from the bus, maybe doing some homework on it, and maybe it's a half quarter full gym might be tougher to motivate um it it can be but what we've seen uh from this group this year in particular is their um their sense of urgency is is the same they're calm if we're down 12 or if we're up 20 their their body language and their emotions they they hold they're able to hold those all in check and they're just focused on the next play and i think that's really speaks well to them as far as how they prepare and how we get them prepared for these games because usually teams they get down 20 the body language changes you get up 20 the body language changes they're a little bit more excited and stuff like that these guys have been able to come back from being down 20 and come back down 13, down 15, and, and their body language doesn't change. And that, that's really going to bode well for us um, when we get into some tight games and, and some hostile environments. Uh, later on, when we go down to, like, Dilworth, for instance, that's going to be a tough place to play. It always is. And if, if our guys can keep our emotions in check, I think it, we'll, we'll, we'll do well down there. Well, that's uh, what you what you're looking for. So, you know what? By your tone of voice, you're, if 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 the voice were body language right now, and I know you're a positive guy as it is, your your uh, voice sounds very excited about this group. I know you got to be careful to not get out too far out over your skis in that regard. But you know, when you have depth and you have guys that are executing the way you want them to, and it sounds like this group has a a real uh, strong bond. Do you feel that love among your leaders and your leadership within the group where they're uh, playing for the boys? Oh, yeah. Our leaders are, are really stepping up in a big way. Our seniors, uh, Caleb Zedlick, Cooper Smith, they're doing a great job of, of keeping the younger guys in check and making sure that, hey, when we're struggling, they're looking for those guys and they're, they're making sure that they're they're on them, high-fiving them, telling them, hey, forget about it. Next play, we'll be fine. And they're doing a really good job when we get into some tight games. And I think that's going to really uh, propel us, you know, throughout this month and, and into February because of it. And, and some of those younger guys are really looking up to those, those seniors and, and seeing how they carry themselves on the court and, and in practice. And it's not even uh, those guys, you know, just the seniors in general. We have seven seniors and they do a great job. They come to work every day and, and they're, they're just playing Greenway basketball the way that we want to be playing it. You know, final question for you in that regard. You know, you hear about you win with seniors – and they're very important. And I don't think that can be understated enough. 
just their maturity. They know exactly what you're asking of them. They know this is their last shot at this with this team in that gym. And the more of them you have, it seems the better off you are. Would you agree that the older your team is and the more experienced it is, it, it, it definitely helps when it comes to playoff time? It, it, it can help a, a lot. And over the last couple of years, our, our numbers have been really high in our seniors. I don't think we've had a group that's been under seven or eight seniors in four or five years. And so they really can set the tone in practice and set the tone as far as if we come off a loss, they, they know that tomorrow we're back to work. Or same thing, if, if we get a big win and we have a back-to-back or something like that, they're able to get the guys focused right away and say, hey, we got a job to do. We don't have to – we can't celebrate this. We can celebrate our win one night or our loss, whatever it might be. When we leave the locker room, when we leave the gym, it's on to the next game because that game is the, is the most important game, is the next one. That is great stuff. Josh Perkowitz, thanks for joining us here today. Remember to check out the East Grand Forks High School Boosters. You can find them at greenwaveboosters.com. Please consider being one today so you can help all student-athletes at East Grand Forks High School excel. Josh, I'm going to check back in with you after that big run. Let's talk about some wins, okay? Perfect. I appreciate it. All right, buddy. Take care. That's going to do it for this edition of the Green Wave Podcast. For Josh Perkowitz, I'm Pete Wagner. So long, everybody.